Welcome to the latest edition of the Carmichael Governance Podcast. I'm Dermot O'Carbui, CEO of Carmichael. Carmichael is a charity that provides supports to other Irish charities, particularly in the area of governance. You can find details of what we do and a wide range of free resources on our website at carmichaelireland.ie. You can also find previous editions of our governance podcast on our website or on your favourite podcast platform, be that SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Acast. We're going to the important part of the night in, in one ways in terms of reflecting all the hard work that people have put in. You've been shortlisted and then anticipation is building. So I'm going to call up the first of the judges. I'm going to step over here. Deirdre, if you could come up. Hello. Good evening, everybody. It's fantastic to be here. As you can tell, I'm doing Category 1, which are volunteer organisations with income turnover of less than about 50k. And it's very interesting. I don't know whether it's the vagaries of conflicts of interest or whether Dearbridge just really thinks that I'm really good in this category or something else. But it's not the first time that I've done this category. But I do actually recall the last time standing up to say these few remarks and actually for this category and saying, and the judges decided to not make an award. So I just wanted to tell you that story because I think it's a real sign uh, of the integrity and the standards that these awards hold because Dermot knows and the partners know that you know, when you win one of these awards, it kind of matters. Doesn't it, Stephanie? Um, <laughs> so not that uh, winning is everything, but clearly. <laughs> so having been involved with as a partner, the wheel has been involved as a partner uh, with Dermot and Carmichael from the get-go for these awards, I've done practically all of the categories. And it's been really, really interesting. And consistently, we have struggled. Well, sorry, Carmichael, collectively, we have struggled to get sufficient entries into this category to make it a competition, to make it an assessment, to understand that there's a sort of a, a step up to get shortlisted and then another step up to, to win. So there's been a kind of a patchy history. Uh, and I hope I'm not speaking as a turn, Dermot. But, you know, Tinder for corporate governance. So my, my suggestion really was that that we really need to sort of have a, a sort of like a relationship, perhaps, whereby that buddy system, the one-to-one buddy system, I really think that in order to really pass on, you know, to make, like, take your idea a little bit further, I had written it differently here, which is to really ensure that there are at least five or even ten really decent, strong entries in this category whereby we have more than two shortlisted. It's the only category where there's two uh, and I just think that it would be a fantastic sponsorship, partnership opportunity to enable that to happen, you know, to start, I was going to say tomorrow, start in January. Let's give us all, ourselves a break. I'd love to see that. So it is something, you know, that I, I'd love to see happen. So I don't think the answer is to let this category disappear. I think the answer is to try harder, try different, tr- use more imagination and to maybe pick up on some of that peer learning, you know, across the sector. And I guess I've been at, we've been asked to say a few remarks about, you know, the, the entries that we saw. And I'm using the word we because I keep forgetting that I was actually on my own. I was trusted to be the only judge in this category. Um, there were just the two shortlisted. And uh, so I have a huge responsibility on my shoulders. But it was a very interesting category because clearly COVID, you know, in the year that was into COVID, had an impact on, on, on one of or, some organisations more than others. And that played out in this category. Uh, and I guess consistently, I think, one of the pieces of advice I have given and I give it to everybody, which is 
really just download the template from Carmichael on their Good Governance Awards website. It's not rocket science. You just download the template, you put it up on your screen, and you just start typing into each, into each field. And then you try and make the paragraphs that you've typed a little bit better, right, by getting somebody else to look at them. But it ain't rocket science, and you're very familiar with your work. So I just think that it is the best advice, regardless of the size of category. However, there can only be one winner. And I have to tell you, it was a little bit problematic for me in relation to this winner, because, quite frankly, they were just too darn good. In the sense that I've been reading annual reports for a long time, and an annual report of, of the winner is one that I think a category, a size organisation, 10 times the size of this organisation, 20 times the size of this organisation. Now, they might not necessarily win in that category for this annual report, but by golly, you know, I wouldn't be, I think it would be, it would be a hell of a lot better than maybe some of the annual reports that we're seeing in those categories. So, so it clearly stands out, not just in this category, but I say uh, in all categories. It was a joy to read, and you don't say that too often about annual reports, regardless of how well they're written and compelling the first three pages are. So it's very super uh, user-friendly to read, huge amount of clearly professionally applied graphics, you know, skills, design, all done on a voluntary basis. So whoever has access to those kinds of communications resources holds them tight uh, because, you know, they're doing you a good story in that. So um, there was great, uh, the style of the graphics varied, the story, the narrative was clear, the success was clear, the communications were clear. And, and, and in one sense, I, I, I loved so many of the addition. The improvements were listed against what they put, the, the, the plan, the progress against plan. You know, in one sense, it's ticked all of the boxes in the Carmichael website, so they must have taken, you know, the, the templates and done it in that way. You know, I, I, I do think perhaps, it's, you know, there's an unusually high bar set for this category, all the more reason and the need for some sort of a hand-holding support for next year. So... The final touch, I guess, was the inclusion of references at the end, which I really, really liked. But the bottom line is, the report in this category blew me away. There's one winner, and the winner is... Nightline! Whatever about meeting the Carmichael template... I now have also got to meet Stephanie's requirements, which have just been set down. So I'd like to thank the Shanna Keys of the, <laughs> the, the, five, the five reports. But, but I really want to start with a thank you. And the thank you is to the five organisations who provided these reports. Do you know, as somebody says, you don't normally sit down, I'm going to read an annual report. But when Bob Sample gives you a deadline, you go and do it. <laughs> And then you really appreciate you've done. And what was really striking for my, my fellow judges and I was how each report brought something special. In fact, if we were in the position to take the five together, you really would have something special. And maybe that's the, my first tick box with Stephanie, saying that I'm going to recommend that people delve into these reports and find the nuggets in them. My fellow judges were Anya Myler and Philip Smith, and we were given two tasks. The first task was to provide feedback, and the feedback is in two senses. One is what we found good about the reports and what we found interesting and special about the report. That was the easy bit. And then you're told, when you consider the number of applicants in this sector, we're told now come up with ways they could improve on their report. So you can treat those remarks as you like. The second task 
the more challenging, pick a winner from these five. And when we were doing that, we said, okay, look, if you looked at the inside the engine room of the technical assessments that go on, there's something between 40 and 50 criteria applied and things are checked and things are marked. So you know the way sometimes you get a load and it's easy to toss people aside. Well, this wasn't, you know. So they were all good reports by definition. And so the lenses, I guess, that we really applied were one is how well you explain your purpose, kind of the the mission, purpose, the organization. The second thing you can talk about in different ways. I'm going to call it the strategic framework. Is it clear the way you set out to achieve your goals and the feedback loop, uh, the risk management, those kind of things, are they clear? And the third one would have been resources. How well do you explain your resources and how they connect into the activities you're doing. And then, if I can remember rightly the phrase from Stephanie, it's bridging connectiveness. I think I was going to use a more mundane term, how well they integrate. So you will find inevitably uh, some are stronger in one of those three. So they were the kind of the, the three lenses we used. And, for example, if we take the first one, kind of mission And if you looked at, for example, the Leash Volunteer Centre, here's the story of a really new organisation, first employee taking on in in April of last year, and yet managed to produce a good annual report that would say, fair play to you, you know, you kind of, you got it up and going, and not only did you get it up and going, but again a phrase, you've begun to elevate the conversation, where are we going? Another startup would have been the um, Beyond Beyond Borders. Uh, yeah, Beyond Borders. Uh, see Beyond Borders. Which again, when you think of that organisation, uh, a big focus on improving education arrangements in Cambodia, a relationship with Australia, and yet have to kind of keep to the rules and the expectations of the Irish charity sector. It might seem easy, but you know when you. St- delve into it that really is complex and it really came across with a level of enthusiasm which we found very attractive then on the second lens if we went into the strategic framework wexford volunteer center again a new organization not only told the great story of starting up but also the context of the needs that they would look to to attack. And so, again, you had a description of the geographical area and the needs that would arise there. But added to that was clearly topical, you know, identifying that there has been a significant influx of refugees into the area. And this is the sort... So I think it's this combination is you have a a longer-term vision, but you're also very aware of what's happening today. The other one, uh, which wasn't a start-up, if 1896, uh, uh, Feshkjol. But think of it... Feshkjol, an organization. Now, I, you know, we're told just to read the annual report, so I haven't read the previous 120 annual reports. <laughs> um, but what if you're running Feshkjol and suddenly you're in COVID and lockdown and, again, showed a level of agility and innovativeness, which, again, as I say, when I say to people, mine into these reports and you will find nuggets. And the other thing that they did very well is, and again, um, you are, as you know, typically looking at governance anoraks on this side of the podium here, um, a good description of what the board looks at and what the board does and the kind of strategic decisions that the board do. So, again, a very, very valuable nugget on that. 
And then the, the third lens we talked about was kind of the use of resources. Where did you get them? What did you do with them? How did they connect to the activity of the organization? And uh, Beyond Borders produced a very coherent, long story in terms of that. And it was clearly consistent. The organization made clear what their mission and vision was. They have a strategy. They're updating the strategy. And it just, what's the term again, bridge connectedness? I think you're putting me on the spot now, but bridging is the key. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I, I'm coming to. I'm coming near the end. <laughs> so, look. In in conclusion, what I would do is I would recommend the, all these five reports to you. I say mine them for nuggets. So other people, you know, some areas you'll have done better, but each one of them has something special about them. But in terms of just bringing it all together, we would say that the winner should be. Uh, breaking through. Minister, volunteer trustees, good evening. And what a special evening it is. The energy, the noise, the excitement upstairs was electrifying. As you all know, governance takes... Time, energy and effort. Good governance takes something entirely different. It calls on us individually and collectively as volunteer trustees to be the custodians, to be the cultural architects of and for our organisations. So as such, tonight is special. Because we celebrate you, we reward you. And we acknowledge you for the steadfastness and the perseverance of your stewardship. And that is something that we need to pause and get energetic about. And it is certainly worth running in our high heels to make a train at Mallow to be here tonight for you guys. (laughs) When I had the pleasure of the company of Tom Costello and Aideen Morkin in judging the category tree, what we looked for was something special. We looked for more than outputs outcomes, and in alignment with your strategic objectives. We looked for more than knowing and a diligence to your financial and budgetary administrations. We looked for more than your risk register, and we looked for more than an overview of your trustees. What did we look for? What we looked for was a multi-annual assessment and alignment of your KPIs and your finances so we could understand and that we knew that you understood the trends as to your performance. We looked for a real insight into the robustness of your risk management processes, but also your risk appetite and your tolerance. What we looked for, and we weren't being nosy, but what we looked for was an understanding of who your trustees were. How many meetings had they attended? How were they nominated? Were they co-opted? What is your succession planning? What we looked for was an understanding of the diversity and the agility and the flexibility of your stewardship. What we sought out was for the narrative to be integrated with your finances and for it all to be told in an engaging, easy, honest style. So I suppose we weren't looking for much really, were we? (laughs) Now, unlike you two, we certainly found what we were looking for. in these five amazing entrants. Be that Volleyball Ireland, 
Leave No Trace, Development Perspectives, the Children's Rights Alliance, or the Mental Health Reform, we certainly found what we were looking for. And while I'll be gladly on Aideen and Tom's behalf announce the winner in just a moment, but not just quite yet, <laughs> I want to thank the assessors and the technical assessment for the work that they did in preparing us as judges for the work that we did. For the last seven years, I cannot but be impressed by Carmichael and its CEO, Dermot, and it's a pleasure to be of service to him as a volunteer, and I think all of us judges feel the same, if I may be as bold to say so. Okay? But Dermot was part of an incredible trio of Roisin and Bob, and together they had the process and they kept us on schedule. I want to give a particular thank you to Tom and Aideen, just for the care and the expertise by which we enjoyed collaborating together, not just in the difficult um, process of judging, because we're not there to judge, and where my heart is is with the charities under 50k, and it is a pleasure to be of service to those of 250k to a million. But it was just the care and the expertise and the attention that Tom and Aideen and I were able to collaborate on, so not just judge, but to actually put a lot of effort and detailed effort and passion into making sure that the reports and the feedback that we provide to you is of support and reassurance and acknowledgement, and hopefully will go on to serve you and strengthen you in years to come. The winner tonight gave us what we were looking for. They gave it to us with honesty. They gave it to us with a responsiveness to the changing challenges that they face. They showed us their adaptability to the responding needs. But what they also showed us was their determination to stay true to their charitable purpose and their benefit. Everybody here, all of these five, deserve speeches in themselves. I have four minutes. I can't go on any further. So without further ado, please congratulate and join me in congratulating the winner tonight, Mental Health Good evening. I'm going to talk about panel four, um, of which there was five entrants, completely different, covering the whole range of the whole range of ages, the whole range of activities that you do. They had Age Action, which is clearly about older people. Belong To, which is about the LGBT plus community. The Irish Hospice Foundation, about people who are seriously ill. The Ark, which is about kids. The Care Trust, which is about old people and looking after people who are seriously ill. So huge range of activity in the one to five million euro category. The panel that we're working on this was um, Nina Arwitz and Jane Ann McKenna and myself. So we got involved in it and had lots of discussions about it. Uh, really interesting uh, reports, all of them, with really good examples of things that they do to help the communities that they serve. Absolutely fantastic. The features that we liked in the reports in particular were the, the lived examples of s- particular successes that they had taken on, where they were doing specific things that were impacting their communities in a really, really positive fashion. The stories about actual people with actual you know, pictures and quotes from people who had been positively impacted by the charities. And these made them real, made like a real impact on us as readers of the um, organisations. Some, in some cases, they had discontinued certain activities and maybe there wasn't enough information about why that had happened. So that would have been very useful to know why something had actually stopped. But that wasn't, that, that's for, you know, a future, that's to be part of their feedback to them as well. The sources of the funding and challenges that they had with that was, was mentioned, but in some cases they could have given more information about that too. We thought the other features would have, the, the actual, the charities themselves are doing phenomenal work. I don't know, I didn't know about some of these at all before and I just have learned so much so I recommend that you read these if you want to understand anything about some of these charities they're absolutely brilliant we thought some some additional 
additional features would enhance the reports. We, we thought some of the, the detail provided was really long. Like some of these reports were 120 pages, and that was a lot of work. And, like, you know, it's interesting to read, but you kind of, after 70 pages, you're kind of going, please, please. So, so curtailment and lack of repetition would be really beneficial. They obviously have to show certain things, but maybe including a police report at the end of it wasn't really necessary in one case. If they're, if they're changing their activity or stopping something that they've done for years... It would be useful for them to give a decent explanation about it, just so we can understand what was guiding that particular drift. And the future plans would be really useful to know. Uh, some of them had given information about future plans, but other things about future plans would be really useful to know as well. So it was really, there were very interesting reports to read, uh, and all the charities are doing something really good for each of their very, very specific communities. So having reviewed the reports and discussed them at length with Nina and Jane Ann, we considered that the best category was the ARC. <laughs> Okay, um, good evening everyone. Um, on behalf of myself, uh, Eva Gurn and Neil MacDonald, it was a real pleasure to judge the finalists in Category 5 of this year's Good Governance Awards. The five shortlisted entrants, as you can see here, were Barrettstown, Galway Simon Community, Jack and Jill Children's Foundation, Jigsaw and Rethink Ireland. It's fair to say that the high standard of all finalists was notable and made our jobs in separating them all that bit harder. Certain consistent themes were prevalent in the various reports. Vision, mission and values were clearly articulated and brought to life through compelling stakeholder stories. The social need and context was often moving while also serving as a backdrop for the year under review. The best reports framed performance in the context of their strategic plans. And although more prevalent and consistent use of KPIs for the Beckett in the room is something that we would like to see there's certainly, I think, a lot that they should be proud of in that regard. Furthermore, a willingness to address the areas of frustration, concern, or indeed failure, if they're part of your story, rather than simply championing success, can be an honest and valuable insight. There was excellent use of infographics as visual aids, which were stimulating for the reader and often portrayed the values of the organisation, while we also saw the novel use of things like embedded videos and QR codes. The increased content devoted to environmental sustainability was notable, while diversity and inclusion considerations in the form of insights, staff surveys and commentary added real value. From a financial standpoint, showing multi-year metrics was helpful where included. And while perhaps a personal one to me, the inclusion of investment and reserve policies was of interest and is increasingly important in the context of higher inflation. It goes without saying that risk and governance were to the fore, and those that outlined their processes around trustee recruitment, induction, training and evaluation stood out, as did those with added detail and explanations in respect of matters such as tenure, committee attendance and governance structures. All finalists in this category are to be commended for the standard of their annual reports. In the end, fine margins in respect of governance separated the highest performers and helped us to make our final, albeit very difficult, decision. And so, without further ado... I'm delighted to announce that the winner of Category 5 in this year's Good Governance Awards is the Jack and Jill Children's Foundation. Okay, uh, Minister, ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you very much for um, 
come in this evening. It's great to see such a, a large attendance tonight, and I hope uh, everybody's enjoying, uh, enjoying the evening as much as I've been enjoying it. Category 6 was one of the larger categories, or both well, categories of larger um, charities, and uh, in, in ways probably uh, more difficult to judge because there's such a high standard uh, achieved by charities in this category and indeed in Category 7 that um, it, it's, it's difficult to sort of pick uh, on a technical basis between them. The panel that I worked with was Penelope Kenny and Martin Quinn, and the the criteria that uh, we used this year, both for uh, Category 6 and Category 7, were slightly different, I suppose, to the criteria that we had used in previous years. And we, we, we focused more upon uh, clarity and verifiability in the, in the statements or in the, the reports, accessibility, transparency and accountability and proportionality which makes it sound quite easy but actually turned out to be quite difficult because in fact you're 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 actually having to make a lot more judgments uh, on the on, on on those sort of categories on those sort of headings uh, rather than actually just nitpicking um between uh who's achieved what on, uh, on the various technical sides. So I suppose having said that, uh, we, uh, we did actually spend a lot of time going through the various statements, went through the process. And every when I get to this point or you get to this point of the evening, a lot of what I would have picked out or we would have picked out as being strong have already been mentioned and some of the areas for improvement will also be mentioned. But just to say that in, in, in our panel, areas where we found that the reports worked very well where they were they were very well presented, obviously very professionally done. They made good use of pictures, graphs. Um, I think the use of embedded uh, videos has already been mentioned, but we found that very very helpful and very interesting. Some very good case studies used, uh, you know, to just illustrate the type of work that the uh, the charity was doing, and also some good profiles of the people uh, that they were helping, which help you understand the type of work and and the impact that uh, that the charity is making. Um, in general, we found that the, uh, the, the descriptions and the wording within the, uh, the, the reports were relatively jargon-free you know, and right, relatively easy to understand because that was one of the things we were trying to say, you know, can you pick up this report and without knowing anything about it, can you actually read and understand what's going on? And I think we found generally that all of the, uh, the reports in, the, in this area were, that, were like that. Some of the areas that, that, that I suppose we, we, we focused on that where there could have been uh, where there could be improvement, and I think it's already been mentioned um, in uh, in one or two of the uh, the other comments. There could be uh, a bit more focus on the actual impact that the various activities achieve. There's a tendency to report activity against maybe budget or against you know what's set out in the strategic plan, but carrying that through into saying well what impact does that actually have on the people that we're helping uh, would be good. There's also a tendency to report against maybe last year, whereas sometimes a three-year or longer trend would be helpful. And again, a number of the reports are reaching, or the charities are reaching the end of a, a strategic cycle and maybe a bit more forward-looking on what was coming in the next cycle would be, would, we felt would be helpful. One of the areas I suppose we, we did look for and, and found in a lot of the reports was uh, disclosures on ESG, particularly sustain, sustainability um, and environment. And uh, while some reports dealt with it reasonably well, I think there's an area that in the coming year there's going to be a greater focus and probably reports probably need to, do, or charities need to look a bit more at disclosures under those headings. In the, in the risk reporting, again, the risk reporting generally was very good, but um, one of the areas we felt there could be more on risk reporting was on the mitigants that were used uh, to reduce the risk. 
because you know it's one thing to say we've got these risks we've got you know they they on our risk register but actually saying what we're doing to actually mitigate those those risks would be helpful and uh, just a, i suppose a general comment given the nature of the uh, the type of reports that we were looking at here the various um, organizations are all working with um, children they're all or with vulnerable adults of one sort or another using a lot of pictures and a lot of uh, you know uh, illustrations of of the people that they're helping and i think we felt it would be helpful if within the report, it was identified how the permission was obtained uh, for actually the use of those videos or pictures or whatever it is, because clearly um, they are the type of things that uh, that are very sensitive. So having said all of that, um, and having uh, thought very hard, this was a very uh, difficult category to separate the the, 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 the finalists on. Uh, it was very close among all of them, so I think everybody can be congratulated on having achieved you know, a very, very high standard. But we did come up with a winner, and the winner is Bernardus. Minister, uh, ladies and gentlemen, good evening, everybody. The moment you've all been waiting for now, Category 7. <laughs> so my name is Jerry Egan, and I was very pleased to kind of coordinate uh, this category where I was joined by Katie Cadden, who's here this evening, and Sean O'Reilly. So Katie and Sean were first-time judges in the awards, so they were thrown in at the deep end into Category 7. So I've been involved in judging the awards from the outset, always in other categories. So I'd like to think that we, we you know, because we were all coming to this process fresh, I'd like to think we've brought in a kind of a fresh perspective and so on kind of to that, because that's one of the challenges when perhaps you're seeing an organization's report for a number of years in a row, you know, you can get a little bit kind of, um, kind of blind, if you like, kind of to it. In this category, as we can see, you know, there are three very kind of substantial and, and well-known and well-governed organisations. And it kind of goes without saying that the three reports in question were excellent kind of each in their own way, albeit with, you know, some slight different strengths and weaknesses and so on kind of across the board. So we especially liked the clarity and the confidence with which each of the charities communicated their purpose and their values and their mission and their goals the communities that they impact, so they were very strong actually on the impact that they actually have and on the people that they serve. We love the design of the reports, the use of colour, the use of graphics and the use of powerful images. To a point that Stephanie made earlier on, we really liked the way they integrated their review of the year with the financial statements. There wasn't a sense of, well, the finance guys wrote this and the comms people wrote this and at 11.59 they came together and they bolted them together, so there was no sense of that. And we also liked something that hasn't been mentioned so far was the way in which they linked, to a greater or lesser extent, they linked their work to the Sustainable Development Goals. So that was something, I think, given the nature of the organisations, that's probably not surprising. We also really liked how the organisations described their governance arrangements and the work of their board and their committees. And I would really encourage you to look at them because sometimes trying to tell that piece in an interesting way can be really challenging, and one of them in particular did it in a really clever way. Um, we also liked the, the way in which that they dealt comprehensively with the range of risks facing the organisation and the measures they have in place to mitigate those risks. And to echo something that I, I think it was Bill who said it, along for the fact that, look, you know, in the international development sector, 
There is a whole language for those of you who know that sector that exists there, and the reports were actually remarkably free of jargon. And anybody could pick it up and say, immediately within page three or whatever the bar is, Stephanie, yeah, I guess what these people do. So ultimately then what it came down to was, it was the quality of storytelling. Back to the Shanachy and all of that. So you'd think that all the judges had coordinated their comments with the guest speakers in advance, and, and we haven't. So in the case of the winning organisation then, what we found was that, that the story was told really skillfully. Okay, and I mean the story, the long-term story and the story of the year, with clear and obvious links between the core elements of the report, the chair statement, the CEO statement, the review of the year, and you could follow it all the way through. It was also possible to easily follow the thread from the organization's purpose through the goals, through the programs, the KPIs and the links, say, to the SDGs, and then really well supported by case studies and transparent information about where the money came from, where the money was spent, you know, how many people were reached, what impact it actually had. We really liked the graphic design treatment and how the design treatment continued into the financial statements. Because very often, as we'll all know, you see a really good designed report and it stops at the report of the directors and it gets kind of dull from there on. Apologies to all of the accountants in the room. I realize, <laughs> I, realize I, am, I am in the temple here, okay, and I've said something pretty heretical. But, you know, to echo something that was said earlier on, like very often these components of an annual report can just look like that as something that have been bolted together as opposed to trying to tell the story in an integrated fashion. The governance arrangements were described really well and, as I mentioned a moment ago, the format of the tables and so on that were used to combine information about things like board tenure, board attendance, you know, attendance at committee meetings, stuff that can be quite difficult to get across in a concise way was done really well. Another thing then we particularly liked was that in a number of places in the report, things, say, from talking about frontline programmes but also to governance arrangements, you know, a number of disappointments and shortcomings were identified. And that actually contributed to the authenticity because we all know everything doesn't work all the time. So when we say, well, we tried this and it didn't work, it actually really adds to the authenticity. And we also felt that the section in this report on risk management was exemplary. So if we take all of that together, then we felt that this particular report was coherent, it was compelling, and it was convincing. So I'm delighted to announce that the winner in Category 7 is Trokra. I won't keep you much longer, um, but I just want to wrap up a few things. Um, you can see from the judges' speeches the care and attention and the, the effort that's gone into this process. So thanks to all the judges, the technical assessors and the, the assessors in round one you know, that has led to this culmination. So well done to all the winners. You have achieved something special and congratulate you. And as I say, also the, all the shortlisted organisations well done to you and all the ones that entered as I said it's very very important that you did I'm also delighted that the minister has stayed with us to also share in the joy that, that we've seen tonight we was mentioned earlier that we are disappointed with the smaller categories and um, we've had some suggestions you know body up and tender but you really we do need to help some of the smaller organizations we have an exemplar tonight in Nightline in terms of a very high quality report 
there's also a lot of stuff that we do rather than the, the Warden Nights is a culmination of a lot of things, but one of the things we've been doing, thanks to support we've got from Community Foundation and Pobble over the last four years, we've been doing training how to write an annual report aimed at the smaller organisations, and we've nearly 1,500 people have gone through that. We haven't seen the uptick yet in terms of entries at level. We'll keep working on that, but we do need more ideas. We do need to help the smaller organisations. That's where the vast majority of the sector sits, is in those under 250,000, um, and they have very powerful stories to tell. They need some help. Um, so we will be looking, and I would ask some of the funders you know, to get more involved in helping this, particularly the smaller organisations to step up, and I, and, and I would think ask the winners tonight as well, if you want. I think that body system is great. We will, we will be contacting to see if you'll be interested in adopting a charity. We're very lucky. We're keeping pushing. How do we, how do we help um, organisations to get here tonight, those that aren't here tonight? We've got funding from the National Training Fund, that the National Training Fund administered by, by the wheel to do some interesting, new, innovative stuff. Um, rather than doing some training with organisations, we're going to select six organisations to go through a hands-on programme and developing an annual report. We're going to work with another six or so um, on how to talk about your impact. We're also going to have leadership training and, and, and diversity in training next year, thanks to that, that fund. So these are the sort of things that allows us to do things to help organisations to... to tell their story and you know those of you you know the sector we know there's fantastic work going on and um, we just need to continue to look at how we get better at letting, letting the world know letting your community know how good and how important and as the points were made earlier that you know there's no perfect organization out there so we're always continuing to improve so uh, it is great see such excitement tonight but I would also think that there is 11,500 charities, there's 30,000 non-profits out there, there's, there's a lot of other organisations that need help and I'm, I'm always saying if you people have ideas or wishing to come forward to say look I have an idea or I would like to help please do so because it takes as many people as you can see tonight involved, we still need more so to all the winners, to all the shortlisted, to all the people that have been part of this process, thank you very very much and we're, we're starting reviews of this process with the judges in uh, shortly next week because we have to plan next next year. But again, so congratulations and slong of all. Thank you for listening to our latest Carmichael Governance Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, it would be of great benefit to us if you could give it a rating as that helps to create greater awareness of these podcasts. So until the next time, slán go full.